You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, hello again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, the 1st of November, just two months to go in 2019. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. Joining us again this week, Eric Sprott himself. Eric, happy November. Hey, Craig. Glad to be here. Uh, lots of interesting things going on in our world because... Uh, some stocks are beaten and uh, going up nicely, and some stocks are not beating, and they're going down significantly. And uh, gold's acting well, silver's acting well, so lots of interesting things going on. We have a lot to talk about, no doubt about it. And we have something interesting to announce this week, not uh, not the usual stuff. This is something new for people to that I, please pay attention to. For all of you listening today, I want to let you know of a special event coming up in Winnipeg. All right, so got to go north of the border if you're in the U.S., uh, but this will be in Winnipeg. Sprott Money is co-hosting, along with the CCMEC, a client appreciation event on Sunday, November the 17th from 6 to 8 p.m. called The Art of Discovery at the Winnipeg Art Gallery's Inuit Art Center. You can enjoy a reception of wine, hors d'oeuvres, and special guests as you take a tour of the wonderful collection of Inuit art on display, much of which was kindly donated by the Sprott family. The reception is free, but space is limited, so you need to RSVP if you can make it to Winnipeg on Sunday, November 17th. You can visit SprottMoney.com to register and learn more. It's a great warm-up for those of you attending the CCMEC convention the next day. Again, just go to Sprott Money. It's free. Hey, we gave away a little bit of Eric's gold a couple weeks ago. Now we're giving away some Eric hors d'oeuvres. And art. How about that? I like it. Yep. I I didn't know you were a big collector of Inuit art. I uh, was, am, was a very, very large collector of Inuit art, and I gave most of it to the Winnipeg Art Gallery when I uh, sort of officially retired uh, because it was in the office and it was mine. I, well, what am I going to do with this stuff? So that seemed like a very nice place. There's a big First Nations population out there, uh, so I thought that was a great spot for it. That's very, very cool. Um, my friend, what else is, is very cool is the bounce back we had in the medals this week. We had uh, had a nice rise here. Uh, in, in, we got through the 50-day moving average. We broke the downtrend, I think, in both medals. Uh, until the jobs report today, I would have thought that we would have a pretty significant uh, run forward here, and we may yet have it, even though the jobs number came out and supposedly was better than expected. You know, I've never believed the jobs report ever. Uh, particularly when, like last year, I think for 19 up to September 30 or something like that, uh, or whenever they cut the year off, they, they just eliminated 500,000 jobs halfway through the year, you know, because of some revision that took place. So you never know how real these numbers are. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to reading a book by Robert Kiyosaki called Fake, because when I look at a lot of the stuff that we're asked to devour, I get the sense that a lot of it is it got a little bit of a BS component in it, and uh, everyone wants to make the world look like it's better, uh, but it's not really getting that much better. And in fact, some of the th- the real surveys, the ISM, the PMIs, the Chicago, the da 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 da, I mean the numbers are rotten. Consumer comfort, consumer confidence, like it, man, we're in a downtrend. And uh, I think uh, one of the guys that you interviewed, David Jensen, said, "Hey." Money supply has been going down. We're going to have a decline in economic activity, and it's happening. So I, I think it's just uh, that's what we have to look forward to for the next 12 months. No, you're absolutely right. The data is miserable. The Fed is allegedly data dependent, and they cut the Fed funds rate again this week and gave no indication that 
that trend is going to reverse. And Eric, there's a constant demand for more and more dollars with all, to service all of the existing debt. I don't see how it can ever reverse. No, it can't. And, uh, you know, one of the other things that uh, I greatly believe in, and I believe in it for the world, okay, is that the underprivileged, the, the, the people who are in the lower half of earners, they keep facing inflationary pressures, but their, their um, income doesn't go up. And I'm, I'm reminded I was reading about the Halloween, cost of Halloween candy, I think it went up 3.9%, okay? Well, a guy with a job making 50000 has to spend as much on Halloween candy as somebody making 100000 Yeah. And, you know, he just gets squeezed. And, that, and it's not just in the U.S. or Canada that's happening. It's obviously happening in South America here. I mean, you see these countries where some guy says, well, I want to raise the transit fares or something, and there's a revolt, or I want to raise gas prices because we can't take any more. Right. They know it. Right. They're already delinquent on their credit cards or their payments and they're getting bills in the mail saying you're overdue and all that. That's, that's throughout the world, okay? That's just the way it is. And, you know, we can't take any more. I don't know why I'm expressing it that way because I can handle it, but I know what they're, I have a sense of how people are feeling about it. It's just, it's endless. So precisely, it, it, there's, there's not much uncertainty as to where we're going here. Eric, you know, as, as an example of that fake, as you said, I remember Jim Sinclair used to call it mope. Remember that management of perceptions? Yeah. Uh, you, we had the GDP numbers in the U.S., the first guess of the third quarter GDP, and it came in, that came in uh, magically above expectations as well. But of course, what they're quoting is real GDP, which is adjusted for inflation. Well, if you can understate inflation, yeah. Then you get a positive number, right? So yeah. they come in at 1.9%, but if they'd measured inflation just 1% higher, it would have been 0.9. I mean, all these stuff. How about if they did inflation right and said inflation is 4%, not 2%, there would have been no growth. Right. And that's the whole crux of the matter, mathematically. You know, we know inflation's way beyond 2%, way beyond that. And the average guy, I mean, look at it, look at rent increases and the cost of a house and the medical bills. Come on. You know, you don't have to, you can be half awake and figure this stuff out. <laughs> and you are this week, which is, no, I'm just I, I'm fully awake this fully week. Awake yes, this I am. Week. All right, Thank let, you for reminding me. Let's move on. Uh, we got to talk about the situation on the COMEX, which is the primary oh. price discovery spot for the world anymore. And uh, we just, every evening, we get a preliminary report that is then finalized. The numbers never match up. That's a, probably a topic for another day. Anyway, last evening, on the big rally out of the FOMC yesterday, we saw on the preliminary report, open interest rise, 34,000 contracts to 682,000, blowing away the old all-time high, which was actually just a week ago at about 660,000. I suppose you have some thoughts on that. Well, it's mind-boggling. It's, you know, we had a 5% increase in the open interest on a roughly $15 rally, 1% rally in the, the price of gold. And the thing I find just so frustrating with the COMEX is that every contract that is bought by a person who thinks the price of precious metals is going higher, one for one is sold by a commercial bank. That's just the way it is, okay? Yep. So you know that if the... The short position went up by 34,000. It's 34,000 contracts sold by the 
commercials and bought by people who, who recognize what's happening and say, oh, my God, this has got to be a great investment, both gold and silver. And um, we, we, again, referring to David Jensen, we got to get into a palladium-type situation where the guys on the floor know that the paper game's over and they can't stop it anymore. And I suspect that we may not be that far away from it in silver. Ted Butler is writing about the silver whale coming back and then buying another, I think it's 100 million ounces. He's speculating here. But, you know, you keep, you keep uh, taking this out of the system and, and other people in the world focusing on, okay, where do I put my money as my local currency is getting trashed? Okay, and most local currencies, i.e., whether it's the rupee or the Brazilian whatever or the Argentinian this or that, oh my God, have they gone down in value? How do you save yourself gold and silver? Well, hey, why don't we all act like the Indians instead of buying gold, they start buying silver by humongous amounts where they now consume about 40% of the silver in the world. So, you know, it's just going to take a few more people going there and we're going to be flying here, and I think particularly in silver. And Eric, I'm just it just gets to the fundamental flaw in the fraud of the pricing scheme in that, it, you know, if it was an equity and there was a rush of demand to buy it, price has to move up until people that currently hold it are willing to sell it. And that sort of happens a little bit in gold futures, but also the banks just simply supply more contracts. They create yeah. them from nothing. So price doesn't have to move up. You don't have to find willing sellers. The banks just create new ones and shove them out there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. There was an article that a former governor of the CFTC was giving a speech, and he said that between the Treasury, the Fed, and I guess the CFTC, they started Bitcoin futures to end the rally in Bitcoin. Yep. And it, we know that. You know, I, the day the futures started, it was over for Bitcoin. Yep. And, of course, we see it happening every day in gold and silver. We know exactly what goes on, that the pockets are so deep and so careless and so stupid, they'll, they'll just do anything to have people believe in the fake thing that they want them to believe it in. So, yeah. And Eric, that was, that was the former head of the CFTC, Giancarlo. Yeah, <laughs> <That> was, right. <laughs> unbelievable. So, Eric, how, people always ask me, I mean, can we acquire enough physical to break it? I mean, because that's clearly the only way it's ever going to fail. I mean, yeah. what, other, what well, else can be done? Yeah, well, uh, we certainly can acquire enough uh, silver. So let's say there's 2 billion ounces around, cost three points, uh, sorry, 36 billion to buy it, okay? 36 billion in this day and age is not a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like if some major institutions decided to go in and buy this stuff, I mean, 36 billion might be a drop in the bucket. Or some central bank. How about yeah. the Mexican central bank? Or Putin. Let's just step in there and buy the 36 billion tomorrow. Right. We're right. the biggest silver producer in the world. Why don't you do what's right for your countrymen and buy the goddamn silver? Yeah. Yeah. Or Putin. Putin, you know, everybody thinks or he's. Putin. He's, yeah. yeah. Forget the gold for a month. One yeah. month. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, all right, my friend. It's it's an interesting time, that's for sure. But price does look good. I mean, here. I mean, let's not get away from the main point. We began the year at twelve eighty in gold. We're now north of fifteen hundred. We began the year in yeah. silver at fifteen fifty. We're up here eighteen. They're both up twenty percent. That's the best year we've had since two thousand ten. So I suppose we should probably keep our eye on the ball. Uh, we're looking a lot better here, and uh, I, I think notwithstanding, you know, we're looking at a, a day when gold's down because of some jobs report, but, I mean, that'll be illusory after a while. We, we probably end right back up there again. Um, I did want to mention two things that I found very peculiar. Uh, the World Bank 
the World Bank, has suggested that the price of gold is going to $1,600. Now, I don't know why the World Bank does that, but they, uh, there you have it, okay? okay? The World Bank coming in? Okay. And then the World Gold Council comes out with a report saying, you know, people should take 1% to 1.5% of their bond portfolio and put it into gold. Well, of course, one to, if it was 1% one to 1.5% one of your total fund, uh, that that would increase the demand for gold by 200 to 300% wow. at gold equities. And, yeah. Because it's only one half of 1% of people's holdings right now. So if you wanted to get to one, you got to double. You want to get to one and a half, you got to triple. So I, I found that uh, there was a very interesting study. So hopefully those, uh, I, I find it interesting that those organizations are sort of getting behind gold here now. So it's very constructive. Yeah. Why would you not? swap into some gold when you've got a negative yielding bond on your hand. Exactly. That was exactly the point. And, and, and really, neg- not only is it negative yielding, in real terms, imagine how negative it is. Yeah. Imagine if you're getting minus a half actually for the bond, and then your inflation was really 4%. You're losing 4.5% purchasing power per year. Yep, exactly. Wow. And gold's up, what what'd you say it was up this year by? 20. Oh, my God. 20. Yeah. Okay, let me see. I could lose a half or make 20. Oh, that's a tough, tough one. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. All right, my friend. Anything else on your mind before I ask you about a few shares? Uh, oh, yes, there is one other thing. I want to talk about the reimposition of the uptick rule. I had a, a, a group of people come to see me and say, you know, we're going to push the uh, TSX Venture Exchange to reintroduce the uptick rule on short selling. Hey. There's nothing I would believe in more than that. Yeah. This ability of people just to smack stocks down is so discouraging. It's so unproductive, except for the guys doing it. Right. It's so unproductive for the customers of the Tron TSX Venture Exchange, okay? And they should review that. It, it, it's unbelievable that they got rid of that rule back in 2012 and I'm going to really fight hard to get it reinstituted. How do we do that, Eric? How do we do it? We got to embarrass some people. We got to prove to them that, you know, the ultimate consumers of your product are people, people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not people in companies trading securities against you. They're providing nothing. Right. They they just eat your lunch every day. Right. And, and make the, the amount of money that we can invest in a good company smaller every day. Right. Just taking. They're just taking. And, They're and, just taking. They're the mean, giving nothing. In the meantime, these companies have real employees with real families, and they're yeah. trying to do a real job. Right. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it never is. should have happened. Ever, ever, ever. I like it. Well, keep us posted yeah. on whether you can get we'll that happen, done up there. Okay. Uh, we have a couple names that came in, a few that we've – We've talked about before, I know Eric doesn't have an opinion on things like BTU metals or Greatland gold. We don't know anything about those, uh, Predium. Uh, but I do have a couple that I know Eric's got uh, some thoughts on. Eric, let's start with Brixton Metals. Sure. Well, first of all, I, do, I know Predium, okay, but I'm, I'm not intimate with it. I know they had a lousy earnings report, and it was one of the stocks that got beat up uh, just yesterday. Uh, but I'm not... I'm not uh, I'm not a student of it is probably the best way of putting it. Now, Brixton, I am an owner of Brixton, and the stock was up sharply yesterday. Uh, they had an, a, a drill result that came out, I think, the day before. Uh, it looked okay slash good, uh, but they have another uh, nine holes, 
And I suspect with the kind of move it had yesterday, well, you know what? Maybe one of those holes was pretty stunning. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I don't have a reason why it went up almost 20% yesterday, but it's nice to see. Eric, that's Brixton. you might have a Jaguar in the garage. Do you have any opinion on Jaguar mining? <laughs> well, I should have an opinion. Let me see. I own 45% of it, so I guess I should know a little about it. Uh, we refunded the company recently, uh, along with another major investor, Hathaway, uh, John Hathaway. Um, uh, they, the production for the quarter, I think, is going to be sort of not special. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be like 18,000 ounces, something like that. Uh, but with what they have in, in line in terms of the funds available to, for them to uh, b- get the development started a little further ahead, get new equipment. Uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that, you know, by the end of next year, we could be looking at a company that instead of producing 80,000 ounces a year, might be producing 100,000 ounces a year. And if they can produce 100, I mean, you get the 20, almost the extra 20 for free. So it would make a big, big difference. I think the stock is obviously, I'm a believer in it. So, uh, but I'm, I'm biased. So we'll just leave it at that. How about Discovery Metals? Well, I bought Discovery because uh, they bought a company, Levon, that supposedly had a, a billion ounces of silver. And, of course, you know, you could see the emotion I speak to on silver here. I just find it incredulous that it would trade at 83 to 1, incredulous that it would trade at that. There's just no way on this earth that it, it – but there's one way. You know, it's if the guys on the Comex don't care what the price is and sell it, sell it, sell it, sell it, and – who cares about these relationships? You know, that's for another day. But I, as they say, I hope silver will do what palladium's doing, um, where people recognize that there's going to be a bit of a shortage here. Um, and I see big things for silver. And if a guy's got a billion, uh, Levon was taken over by Discovery Metals. And between that property and other properties that Discovery has, most, most of which are um, silver-oriented, uh, it, it could be uh, a great silver asset going forward. And lastly, any extra thoughts on Wallbridge? We discussed that last week, but sure. I, what else is on your well, mind? Well, you know, I spent a lot of time looking at these things, and the more I reflected on that drill hole that they had announced about two weeks ago, that, that, that was a drill hole in one of their northwest-southeast structures. They have a number of northwest-southeast structures, one of which had an intersection, I think it was uh, uh 17 grams over 11 meters, okay, which, again, is a great hole. And, of course, the whole question is, well, do we have a whole bunch of structures that go a kilometer long that as we go deeper, the width is going to get, the width is expanding and the grades are improving? Uh, And I would remind the listeners at uh, Wallbridge when they were doing some of the drilling up in the the discovery zone, I mean, they were getting 100, uh, what I call triple-digit grams over fairly wide widths up there, uh, which you're saying, well, I guess it shouldn't be that unusual that you would have good grades down below. The grades up at- up top had to come from somewhere, and they always they don't come from above; they come from <laughs> below. <laughs> so, you know, this I, I'm I'm hoping, I really hoping it could be, you know, some multiple of 10 million. That's what I'm kind of hoping here. And and the question is, well, how many multiples of that will it be? We'll oh, see. Wow. All right. Well, before we wrap up, just another reminder, if you missed it at the beginning, uh, it's, this is a free deal. Stop by Sunday, November 17th for this special event. The Sprott Money is co-hosting in Winnipeg at the Winnipeg Art Gallery. 
Sunday, November 17th. All you got to do is go to SprottMoney.com to RSVP. While you're there, hit the Deals tab on the Sprott Money homepage. You'll also find that it, we are still in the midst of the Sprott Money autumn sale. All kinds of great, great pieces of, uh, of bullion and coins on sale. Add to your stack because that's the only way we're going to defeat these banks, as we've discussed, is through physical metal. Uh, Eric, thank you for your time. Very much appreciated. I hope you have a good weekend. I'm sorry I got so emotional, but, you know, I am a little bit involved. So, anyway, I hope you have a great weekend, too. No reason to apologize, my friend. From everyone here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next Friday. 